Anthony's new book is out, Unstuck, a life manual on how to be more creative, overcome your obstacles, and get shit done. Check out anthonymindel.com unstuck to sign up for updates, promotions, and get your copy of Unstuck today. Hi, everyone. I'm Anthony Mindel. Welcome to In The Moment, a podcast about acting, art, and life, and that tricky little thing we're all after but rarely find ourselves in, the moment. In this series, I talk to all kinds of creatives and friends about the joys and the ah, heartache and challenges of acting, writing, producing, and getting out of our own ways to be the creative channels we all are. For more information, go to anthonymile.com, and you can also find us on SoundCloud and iTunes. Okay, I hope you enjoy. This week, Tony chats with casting director Terry Taylor. Terry is the head of casting at Blumhouse and shares with Tony her casting experience. They talk about misconceptions, noting casting directors are rooting for everyone who walks through the door, the do's and don'ts of auditioning, and making it in this business. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of In the Moment Podcast with my guest. I don't know if my guest needs an introduction. Uh, (laughs) It's true. Hold your applause, although this is where we put in the applause. Everybody, today my guest is casting director extraordinaire Terry Taylor. Yay. Hi, Anthony. Thank you. Hi. You're going to, I'm sure we're going to have a lot of listens because uh, I always find that when I bring my casting director friends on the podcast, it's really helpful and inspiring for actors, you know, regardless of what level they're at or where they're at in their career. So let me just embarrass you for a little bit and give you give everybody if you don't know Terry Taylor, which by the way, is one of my pet peeves when actors go into an office, like let's say they go into your office, and they read for you. And then I'm like, who did you read for? And they're like, Oh, I don't know, some Blumhouse movie. And I was like, Yeah, but who was the casting director? And they don't know. Yeah, that's I, I I hope that you the advice that you give at that point is that not only should you know, but take five minutes. It's so easy. We all have our devices just to Google somebody to to know what they work on, what their taste is like. Do you like what they the cast that they assemble? I mean, it's only going to help you in your relationships moving forward in that regard. And also, like you said, in my day when I was acting, I mean, there was Google, I guess, but we didn't have the luxury of, oh, I can look you up and see what you look like as well. So sometimes if you go in for an associate, you don't know who you're reading for, right? Mm-hmm. But nowadays there's no excuse for it. So actors always know who you go in and read for. Anyway, so Terry, uh, my God, Terry, I would like did a deep dive. You've some of like, cause I think we're around the same. I think you're a little bit younger than me, but you have been. Working for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we're both grown-ups, Anthony. We are grown-ups. I love that. That's what we should call ourselves. But let me just talk about some of your recent hits, but then we'll I want to go back later on because I think it's also an interesting point. But anyway, so you're in the in-house casting director at Bloomhouse, and everybody knows Bloomhouse, but you've also done Crazy Rich Asians, Us, Get Out, Happy Death Day with Jessica Roth, whom I love, obviously. Whiplash. Whom we love, whom we love. Yes, whom we love. Many people love her. Whiplash. I can go on and on and on. So you've done some incredible movies and you've also done a lot of movies that are known for like the Blumhouse sort of house signature, right? So yeah, helping to build the Blumhouse. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Some of those big um, out of the ballpark hits that we've been yeah. fortunate. You've been very successful at it. So tell us a little bit like how you got to where you are. Okay. Um, 
I moved to California after I graduated college, Syracuse University, and I was working for an architect and my husband, he was my boyfriend, he was my husband, but he's my husband now, um, was working for a producer called Don Simpson, who was Jerry Bookheimer's former <laughs> partner, and they made a lot of big movies, Top Gun, they did. movie that's getting us all back to the movie theater, I, I think, you know, yeah. Top Gun Maverick. Um, and uh, so what he was doing seemed like a lot more fun than what I was doing. And so I decided I was going to uh, work in the movie business. And I thought I would work in the art department because I had a design background and learned quickly that majority of those positions were union positions. And so I just started sending out blind resumes, hoping some luck would turn. And um, a kind soul on the movie Malice in 1991 by the name of Sue Bizak. She was the director's assistant. Harold Becker directed this movie Malice. Um, and she was working for Harold. And she called me out of the blue and she said, I don't have a job for you. And she's like, in fact, I, couldn't, I can't eat. I don't have the power to hire anyone. Yeah. But your resume was really caught my eye. It was a reverse blueprint. And she said, we're over at Culver, Culver Studios. And if you want to come over and get a tour of the sets, I'd be happy to do that for you. So she just was paying it forward for no reason other than to help a young person out looking for a job. And I went over, got this great tour from Sue. And she, unbeknownst to me, had passed my resume on to the casting director, Nancy Klopper. And her assistant was Joanna Colbert. And they called me up and interviewed me. And I had not an ounce of experience in entertainment let alone casting I don't know that I actually even gave more than five minutes thought to who assembled these great ensembles you know being a movie fan and you know tv series you know so many shows growing up had made an impact on my life and I never gave it more than five minutes thought and they hired me as their intern and that was the beginning I worked on that movie Malice as a casting Malice. intern I remember and it. I stayed on the movie through the wrap of principal photography not in casting your dog your dog concurs <laughs> yep he she's heard the story too many yeah times. she's like go mom she's like enough um <laughs> And so it was my own little version of film school because I not only worked in casting, but I worked as an office PA and then a set PA and I just learned so much. And there were a lot of kind people on that set that wanted to help me learn, who wanted to be teachers to me and they were. And um, to abbreviate the story a little bit, I worked for Tom Cruise's production company after that. So I got to see like what development was like. And then I met David Rubin, who is the current president president of the academy yeah, and yeah. Um, he's a very successful casting director and he hired me to be his assistant and Debbie Zane was his associate and I worked for them for a very short period of time because I moved out of LA for two years and that we did this crazy journey and um, but out of that experience not only did I meet David Hood just as one of the most he's so smart such a great eye for talent um I was so fortunate to meet him, but I met Debbie Zane, who became my mentor, because in 1996, on my journey back to California, she hired me and I worked for her for eight years. And in that time, we worked for amazing filmmakers, uh, Soderbergh many times, Steven Spielberg a couple times, uh, Ridley Scott, Gary Ross. Like We just worked on a lot of great movies and I learned from the best. I think that she taught me to... Uh, I mean, her love of actor, of actors, you know, kind of made such a great impression on me, her talent in the audition space. I just soaked it all up like a sponge. So I give a lot of credit to Debbie. Aww. And I think who I am as a casting director, I'm largely obviously shaped by, 
by Debbie. And, um, you know, I think in 2003, it was after we did a movie called Seabiscuit together, I went out on my own. And my first movie as a casting director was a partnership uh, with Ellen Lewis on 13 Going on 30. Okay. Wow. I was going to ask you, I looked, but I couldn't tell which one was your like, yeah, which was the first. So that was a really fun job, obviously. And the movie kind of holds up today. And I see a lot of people post, uh, 13 going on 30, like, yeah. And they post like Jennifer Garner and Krista Allen who played, you know, and then Judy Greer and the actress that played the young version. They're like that, you know, like that goes, you know, a lot of people consider that to be like really great younger version, older version. Uh, Cast. And I'm sure they will be remaking that like tomorrow. I know, right? It's only a matter of time. <laughs> oh my God. Wow. Um, and the rest is history. I mean, Terry, yeah. you, could, you could just stop there. I mean, you've had such a... <laughs> I, I know. It's a lot. It's I mean... Pretty impressive. Yeah. But you're really down to earth and humble. That's why I like you so much. And like, I think sometimes, you know, I know actors sometimes get really intimidated by casting directors and and I'm always trying to advocate you know, for the actor to remember, they're just people just like you and I, you know, they take their pants off one leg at a time and they have bills to pay and families and like are, and also are always trying to solve problems, right? You have a casting problem. That's why it's called casting and you're bringing people in. We could talk about the, that process, but um, so, wow. Yeah. You've been mentored by some great people. I have been really fortunate cross paths with a lot of great people learn from a lot of great filmmakers Obviously, my relationship with Jason Blum has been one of the most important of my life. I met Jason in 2010, and we, I can't even, I think I've lost count of the number of movies that I've cast for Jason and for Blumhouse. So you were on your own, and then originally you were going to cast one of his movies, right? And so that's kind of how that relationship started? Yes, I met Jason when I was an executive. I was an executive at Paramount for a short period of time and it was not long after the first paranormal activity movie came out right and uh we were about to start production on the second paranormal activity and so i worked with jason on that but as an employee of paramount and then i left paramount after that and went right on to paranormal activity three as an independent and jason was producing and chris landon was actually writing the script oh chris Um, okay Yeah, yeah that's right yeah of course and uh there wasn't a director on the movie yet um, so we did a lot of casting with just Jason and Chris. And uh, then that's when Henry Joost and Ariel Shulman came on to, to direct. But that was the beginning of a, a very, you know, this decade long relationship with Jason Blum, which has been really amazing for me. I've learned a lot. I've worked on a lot of amazing films, as you kind of, you know, mentioned at the start of this, you know, Get Out and Whiplash and the Invisible Man. And uh, we're still making movies. You know, we just had the black phone open this weekend and it did really well. It's a really good movie. Yeah. You, you're also considered part of the team there now, right? Like, would you call yourself an executive? What, like, what title do you have? Do you give yourself or did you get, what would you call it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have been technically, um, you know, in-house at Blumhouse since 2014. Although I do get to, I have had the opportunity to cast outside of Blumhouse, Crazy Rich Asians, in this time that I've been um, with Blumhouse and a couple of other things, but we're very busy at Blumhouse, so it doesn't happen often. And um, so I'm technically the EVP of casting at Blumhouse or the head of casting at Blumhouse. And uh, I'm a casting director. I wear two hats, you know, part casting executive, but mostly casting director and department head. Oh, wow. 
so you are overseeing so you don't technically you can't cast everything there so right so a lot of times when people the head of casting at uh, a movie studio they see a person's name but then there's other associates underneath right so yeah the, you, you know i team. can't cast everything but i do cast all of the movies um from the film company we do make a lot of streaming movies through blumhouse television that um, i do not cast all of those movies I oversee in that capacity. We did a slate of movies. For example, we did a slate of movies for Hulu called Into the Dark, and those were feature length episodes, um, one a month. Uh, for We did 24 of those. And uh, we did a slate of movies for Amazon and a slate of movies for Epix. And for the most part, I oversee other casting directors who are casting those movies. Um, although I have cast some of them, not a lot. Wow, do you sleep? um well luckily I have a great team you know I've been working with Sarah Lindo and Ali Conover for 10 years they've been with me Sarah was with me as a freelancer Ali started with me on the purge too as a freelancer and then they both came in-house with me to Blumhouse and we've been really successful and I rely on them a lot they're incredibly talented well and also like anything you probably share like oh actors you like and somebody you might have seen or then they share with you somebody they may have seen that came in and read for them right like maybe talk a little bit about that right how you uh how you come to know actors that maybe you wouldn't know okay I think well there's a couple ways or any way you know like you want to find any and all ways to find new talent I think the most common ways are attending showcases you know whether it's you know, Juilliard or Carnegie Mellon or UCLA, you know, we hope to catch as many of those showcases as we can. And when I say we, we kind of divide and conquer. We can't go to all of them. So we will divide and we each attend um, whatever, you know, we, whichever ones we're assigned to and report, report back on, on talent. That's one way, finding like young talent just coming out of school. Another way is watching as much as you possibly can. And that's where we rely on one another is, you know, watching and talking about people that just amazed us and the, whether it's a big part or a small part, you know, when whatever movie or show we saw the night before, um, you know, and some of us have more bandwidth to, to consume more content. Cause let's face it, Anthony, there's too much to watch, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, I constantly feel guilty and really, always very far behind and luckily my team um they have like a big appetite to take in as much as they can and watch as much as they can so I do rely on them to send me those midnight emails to say did you want you know like I watched this last night and this person is amazing we have to you know meet them we have to meet them immediately I also think casting directors have such an amazing like a lot of my casting friends you all have such an amazing uh elephant's memory to know remember actors right i mean you kind of have to you have to yeah, absolutely crazy are and you good I, with names and faces or better with one or the other oh that's a really good question um i would say faces and what and a piece of material like i we oftentimes i'll be like you know the actor so and so yeah 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 you know that was in <laughs> this thing where the you know sometimes I can't even come up with the title of the show or the movie, but I'll yeah. give like a plot point and then my team we've been you know it's like a shared brain mentality right and 
So yeah, yeah. you do, you know, it's a memory. I mean, it's a muscle that you have to work on, you know, that muscle memory to, to constantly, you know, keep up with it for sure. Um, yeah. Let's, let's talk to a little bit about, um, you know, because you were talking about how you got to where you are and you were casting associate. I, I would assume this was when you were with Deborah Zane's office, right? So your, your title was casting associate, but you did, you were associate on traffic and oceans 11, catch me if you can, a number of other amazing movies. So I think that is interesting again, like for actors to remember that somebody who's in a casting assistant or a casting associate, you, you know, like it's important to obviously treat everybody kindly just for that, the sake of treating everybody kindly. Cause that's what we as human beings need more of every day. It seems like, <laughs> um, but also because today's casting assistants or scheduler or whatever job they have in casting can next day be the head of casting. A hundred percent. I think that anybody uh, actors who know me and know, our office know that I rely on my team from Hillary, who is our current casting assistant, will be the first one to weigh in on feedback with tapes that have come in that day. Like uh, she's the first kind of filter that has like uploaded all of the auditions and she'll give some comments and notes on people that she likes. So everyone in the office has a voice, has the ability to identify talent, to champion talent. So whether I'm in the room or my associates in the room, or if, you know, the assistants running the session that day, you, it, it's as good as having me in the room because good talent is going to be talked about and treasured in our office. That's our main objective is to find talent, foster talent. We're rooting for everybody who comes mm. to our office. It's the truth. All of us. I mean, I know you and I talked about that at coffee, that, that that's the key, right? Like that casting directors really want people to shine and do their best because it makes you guys makes your job easier and it also makes you look really good because then you can send abc options to the producers and then they're like oh my god i love all these people we could hire any of these people absolutely i mean we yeah. i i would love actors to think of us as a team like if every actor that we're calling in for a specific role um you know knocks it out of the park or gets the job done or brings something interesting then it only number one does a great thing for that person, but for us as, you know, like it reinforces to our creatives that we have great knowledge and great taste in actors because everybody who's just come through the door brought something interesting. Yeah. So how do you, what do you think is the reason why actors don't do that? I mean, I love that you mentioned talent because it's it is at some level always about talent right mm -hmm. but what do you think and we can get into the do's and don'ts which I think is also hilarious if you want yeah. Yeah. but I think this is all really helpful for actors right but but yeah what do you I have my own theories about all this why do you think actors don't deliver what they're capable of delivering in the room do you have a theory on that I my number one answer would be nerves like sometimes nerves get the best that's what gets the, the, to them, you know, nerves get them um, distracted and they can't stay focused or they're not listening because they're so nervous or mm -hmm. perhaps something is uh, uh, mentioned before they even start and they get derailed and they can't uh -huh. recover. They like a note or something you, yeah. yeah. Uh -huh. A note or a conversation. Like I try to 
um, I don't want to use the word control, but I try to manage the room so that we don't get caught up talking too much. So they can get right to the work right. at hand because I want to avoid that. You well, know? you want to go home and have dinner with your family. And I want to go now. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> but, you know, you don't want to get, you know, the actor too distracted or off course, you know, kind of come in and be able to deliver what they've hopefully prepared for. And I guess that would be the third thing is that they came in just completely unprepared. Uh, yeah. Not even knowing, again, like who they're seeing and what yeah. show it is, right? Yeah, oh, exactly. um, it's Paranormal 4. I thought it was, you know, Gilligan's Island. I don't know. Like, you know, it's kind of crazy. I guess I, I think all those things I totally get. I also think like, for me, what I'm always teaching and, and really trying to get the, and you probably do see this in terms of actors who are your favorites or you keep bringing back and they deliver it consistently is those people give themselves permission, right? And that you can't, you can always adjust, you can give a note, you can, you know, encourage, but ultimately the actor has to go in and, and really give him or herself or their permission to do it their way, yeah. right? And then from there, even if it's quote unquote wrong, there's no such thing, but you'll see it as a strong choice or something is going on that's unique. And then you may make an adjustment based more on the notes that the director has given you or whatever you're looking for. But with, without that lead in of the person doing it the way they want to do it, it they, don't, they read neutral, I'm always saying, right? They won't be remembered. Oh, so. and exactly, neutral and safe or- Safe, boring, boring should I boring. say boring? Yeah. yeah <laughs> I mean, yeah. I'm always saying be really, really good, be really, really bad. Just don't be boring. Right, because that's right? going to go right out of my head. Yeah, exactly. Even if somebody comes in and they're really, really bad, if there's something like because- Going it, on, yeah. And I hate to say really, really bad because it really no, doesn't I get it. happen often. Or if they make a bold choice, it's just really far off the mark. To your point, chances are I'm going to remember that person. You know, like that choice was really wrong, but super bold and wasn't right for that part but they could probably come in for this part, you know, on two movies down the road. That's right. And something really interesting for that. That's right. Character. It's about being remembered, right? But I don't think, but I also think to your point, being remembered, what I'm always trying to get the actor again to remember is that when our work is in the kind of shape we want it to be, it's not about having to do something to be remembered because you can be remembered ultimately for just your essence, for who you are, how you show up, what's going on for you that's unique and different, you know, I'm different than you. I don't have to try to be you in order to be remembered. But actors, I think, psych themselves out, not trusting, oh, their essence is, is unique to them. And every actor, Terry, that you've broken through or, you know, you've advocated for, the common denominator is it's who they are, right? Like there's something special about that person that you gravitated toward. Right. That made them, that I gravitated towards, that made, that helped bring the character to life. life. You know, there's, they breathe, they were able to breathe life into something that was so two-dimensional on a page. Did you just, did you just do Paranormal 4? Uh, the last one. Or what number are we did on? was technically seven if you ca oh. count Chris Landon's movie, The Marked Ones. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, so I just went off a tangent because I was, I think we talked when we had coffee. Do you know Emily Bader? Because I, I mean, yeah, that was, yeah okay. was the lead of seven. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Seven. I just couldn't remember which number. So there you saw Emily's talent and yeah. yeah. And Emily deserves so much credit and anyone, in my opinion, who has come through the process on a paranormal movie and has done a paranormal movie for us has such 
great um, improv skills and um, stamina because the process is long and uh, it's hard and we don't share screenplays and we don't give real sides and we give you a little three, four sentence character description that we ask actors to kind of really bring to life on the fly mm-hmm. as they come in and they we, it's all improv, all of those auditions and then- Oh, wow. Okay, that's interesting. They, um, you know, we get to pairing them with other actors and chemistry reads, and then they have to do it with another actor that they're just meeting for the first time. First time, yeah. Um, and build a, you know, multi-year relationship together. You know, like that's the situation we throw people in. You know, uh-huh. so it's well, really, I think they're hard, really, really hard. Well, Terry, let's talk about that. So, like, the process is long because obviously, if you make it through the first round, and then you keep coming back, and then. It doesn't have to just be the paranormal movie, but, um, you know, then you have producer session and then, you know, talk us through a little bit of that or the mix and match session with other actors or. Yeah, you know, we're in the um, era of like volume, like we can, I mean, I know that there was always, you know, certain projects that relied on volume, like number of actors, but in the self tape world that we live in now, we can certainly see five times as many actors just by- I know, I don't know how you do it, yeah. Self tape, so that alone, um, you know, you, we get to see a lot of actors and so that's step one. They're, they're typically on their own, creating a self tape in their bedroom. Um, but that, you know, I will take a moment to remind actors that even though you're getting a self tape request with very little information and sometimes no script at all, just, you know, three, four pages of sides, like if you have a question, Ask, ask. ask, you know, ask your That's representative right. to ask us. That's right. Shoot us an email. You know, my client's working on the material has this question. Be more than happy to answer it. You don't have to lay down the wrong audition because you didn't ask your question or, you know, miss the mark because you didn't ask your question. I hate to say wrong because like you said, there's no, no, no I get there isn't, but, but you're right. Yeah. Um, and so then it will be if there are you know, perhaps a step with us, like I, the audition might be close, but I'm like, I can get that audition a little closer. So I'm like, let's hop on a zoom. You know, that's, I'm talking about how we do it today. You know, let's work on it together. Let's do a little workshop. I'll get to know you better as an actor and get you a little closer to where I think, you know, you might need to be. And then if it's, you know, that progression is made, then it's, we introduce them to the filmmaker or the showrunners. We have a round there and then it could turn into a a round beyond that of like another callback, a chemistry read, um, working other actors into the fold. Like, and then finally it could even then go down to like tests, you know, like a final test. And now you're talking, it's been like a five-step process. I personally think that's too many steps. That's a lot. It's a lot. Um, and would like to reduce it. And sometimes you actually can just be cast right off of a self-tape. Right. You know, so I could go from the really short, short version of the process to the really long. And is that just because for you, you feel like you or the, the producer director of whatever project is just gets, they see it? Yeah. Or, or is it about time sometimes? Or well, it is could be it about the role? Like it could be uh-huh. like sometimes... Um, you know, if it, two roles are the same size, one could be a little bit more complex to kind of capture on your own. And so it takes uh-huh. a few more steps to get the actor a little bit of direction, get them to make a new tape or get them to come online and work with us. Uh-huh. So I mean, I, I guess it also a little bit, um, it speaks a little bit to, or the audition process isn't something for the actor sometimes to lose, right? Because you just kind of enforce that idea of when you see, 
it's subjective. But when I'm only saying like when a person is most right for the role, they're going to get it. Now, if the talent is there, right? Because who there's a famous, there is actually a director who came in and he's famous. He came into the studio and he said this to, it might've been Adam Shankman. I think it was Adam Shankman. So it was, I have this directing series. We haven't, we're re uh, opening it again now because of, you know, COVID we haven't done the last two years, but I brought in a lot of really great TV and film directors, Eli Roth, anyway, lots of people, right? And Jamie Babbitt, I'm just trying to think of Paris Barclay. I'm thinking all these people now, it's been so long. But I remember Adam Shankman said that the thing about casting is it's when somebody comes in, it's either a yes, a no, or you changed my mind. And I thought that that's kind of what you're saying, right? Like you see it. And so the actor, so there's, even if I came in and read for something for you and I did a great job, if I'm just not right for the role, this is why I'm making this point to the actors. It doesn't mean you're terrible. It doesn't mean you did something wrong. It doesn't mean that Terry Taylor, doesn't like you or isn't a fan, right? I just, we have to, actors have to keep remembering that. I couldn't agree more. And I do, I, I hope that actors can actually set auditions aside once they're done oh, with it's them. Hard. It's hard. I know it's hard. it's hard. I wonder if they feel the same way. Like when we can usually tell very quickly yeah. how we really want to keep watching something and whether we're drawn to that particular actor and that particular performance. I wonder if an actor can also tell when they turn the record button off, like I fucking killed that. Oh, I think, yeah. Like that felt so good and so it fit perfect. It was like the perfect pair of jeans. (laughs) I was gonna say, and then also those sometimes where actors will be like, yeah, I killed this take. And then they send it to me, I'm like, ooh. Wait a minute. Yeah, your instincts are off there. Killed it not in a good way, baby. (laughs) And are you that honest when you get? Oh, God. Yes, of course. I have a weird, but I think it's a wonderful trait in terms of when it comes to working with actors. I'm I'm prepping this woman who's this lead in this uh, big movie, and she's young. um, And she's, she's totally there, and she's doing great work. And like a lot of times when I prep people for, the uh, you know getting ready to go shoot a movie or a lead in TV show or whatever is a lot of it is just getting them to sit in and trust that it's there it's working I'm only going to work on stuff that we got to you know take apart and look at more but if I don't have a lot to say it just means like okay it's all but that's also very scary to me that's like when we're rounding home for the actor is like trusting that they're sitting in the stuff that makes them they don't have to do that's a big thing like re, to me acting is about being right. Today's podcast episode is sponsored by We Audition. Receive 25% off with the promo code AMAW on weaudition.com. The video chat community to audition, rehearse, self-tape, and get advice, and hopefully book the fucking job. Enjoying In The Moment? Don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and follow us at Anthony Mindel and at AMAW Studios, plus all the worldwide accounts near you for updates. Mm-hmm. And can I just tell you this anecdotal story? So one of my students, uh, or I coach him, um, I don't know if you've seen Good Luck to You, Leo Grand, uh, the Emma Thompson movie. Not yet, but I was about to watch oh, it. Terry, yeah, you, you need to see it. It's yeah. really beautiful and moving. And so the the lead opposite her is, I coached him and oh, I love this guy, Daryl. Yeah, he's, he's amazing. Charming and charming and right. And so for me, prepping him for that role was just getting him to trust like 
like just trust and coaxing out the trusting, right? And I think what's beautiful about being on that journey with him and now seeing it, I see our work, but I don't see our work in a way, right? Mm -hmm. And like, I also just see him so beautifully being, like being. And, and I can't stress that enough that that is the art of film acting, right? Is that, and it's hard to do, is to allow yourself to be seen like through a microscope. And he's fantastic in it. And, you know, later on, he confessed, like, I mean, I think he told me this before, but like, he was really not scared, but nervous and, and in his head because he's playing opposite. When, it's, when there's two names on a call sheet. <laughs> and, it's and, and Emma Thompson. Emma Thompson. I scared too. I would be, and it's sexual intimacy. Yes, and right. You know what I mean? Of, it was a very tall order. And I can't I'm wait to hear what you it. think. I, you know, I, I was this close to watching it last night. I watched Persuasion, the oh, right. Dakota Banning, because okay. yeah. we, you know, my husband works for Netflix, so I, you know, he has a preview content. He gets it a little early. So. Oh, you get you get previews. Okay, nice. Okay, well, I can't wait to hear what you think. Um, so it's on my list. I'll watch it. You know, this weekend for sure. Yeah. We got this long weekend. It's really moving. I I I was crying at the end. It was really beautiful. They were great together. But anyway, I think it speaks to. It's not so much what a person does, it's who they are and how their essence matches a role, right? I agree. Um, so Terry, let's just talk about a couple more things. And then, I mean, it's, this hour goes by so fast. How do you, okay, so let's do the chicken and the egg question. So how does somebody get seen? <laughs> Every actor wants to know that. How do I get into Blumhouse? How do I get seen by Terry? Oh, such a good In the point. old days, I, don't, I mean, you've been around. So you remember these days when I was acting, when I moved here from New York, you know, New York, we would just go to like open calls, right? I would get up at 6 a.m. and stand in line at Equity and like in the freezing cold weather on 41st Street and like go in and like sign. It was literally, I'd get there at 6 a.m. for certain calls. They wouldn't open those doors till 9 a.m. You're outdoors for three hours. You come in and you sign and you get, get an appointment. You come back home and you take a nap or you shower. For women, they would get their makeup on and then you go back and like have your three minutes, right? But, you know, it's it interesting because if you got up and you did it, you would, if you didn't have an agent or whatever, you could get seen. Yeah. Um, I remember coming to LA and I would go to offices and there would be a drop box where you could just drop your headshot yeah. in them. Yeah. You're growing up with Debbie, we had that too. You know, have it. A little Nowadays, there's no equivalent, right there. is there? Pardon me? There's no equivalent nowadays to just dropping your headshots at the office. No, but you know, there are... I will say we do our best to pay attention to every postcard that comes in. I do get a fair postcards. amount. Postcards. Yeah. Of, around. Okay. That actors are sending postcards, just checking in and they're really thoughtful. Like I just saw, you know, our most recent release and I thought I'd drop you a postcard to say that I just did this. And, you know, based on, you know, we try to, oh, this person seems really right for this part. Let's give them the opportunity. Let's give them an appointment to make a tape for that. And, you know, we do pay attention to the postcards. We do get unsolicited emails sometimes that we respond to all of them. Oh, wow. All of them that go to casting at Blumhouse. And we say, there's nothing right now, but we are going to, you know, pay attention to what you just sent us. And when there's something that you're right for, we'll hit you up. And if you don't hear from us, send us a reminder. And you do see people who don't have a lot of credits. And Emily was just kind of starting out. She didn't have a lot of credits, you know? Absolutely. Like, I mean, you, 
people right out of school, the only thing on their resume are the productions that they did in school or the short films. You know, they've got three AFI short films and, you know, yeah. those are the people you want to learn about and help, you know, foster their work and their progress forward. And it's in exciting. this, yeah, it is exciting finding talent, right? Breaking yeah. talent. And in this self-taping world, so is your office still mostly via self-tape right now? Or are you, is there a hybrid or what's mostly. happening? Yeah, we have done um, more in-person chemistry reads and not, not only chemistry reads, but in more per, in-person in uh, auditions with- Are they masked or do they have a take a test or? Um, with new protocols. Um, so it went from being like masked with plexi, like we put plexiglass up when we were in the very early, you know, 2021 when we were doing chemistry reads. Um, we, that was the only time we had people come into the office and then it's progressed to just regular auditions. And then we start off with our masks on and then we take them off. I, if I'm the one reading with actors, which typically I am, I'll take my mask off and everybody else keeps their mask on like the director uh -huh. and, and whoever's running camera for me. Okay. Your door just opened like we were in paranormal activity, by the way. <laughs> this is what... did, did the person crawl on their hands and knees? This is hilarious. I was so into my answer. Jeez, I was like, so... Was that your husband or was it your no, child? It was our, it was our, our babysitter. And oh I don't even God. have... I might, you know, yeah. She's here helping out with my son. I'm not going to cut that out. I wish, I wish the <laughs> listeners had an audio visual of that because that... Her door opened slowly and then it closed slowly. Then mysteriously, uh, chai latte ended up on Terry's desk. Hilarious. It was so okay. Blumhouse of me. I it really I was. The door opening. You have paranormal activity in your blood. Um, so, okay, interesting. Um, Terry, yes, let's- We're back a little bit. We're back a little bit, but yeah. mostly still over. Well, it works. You get to know somebody kind of on tape. I mean, it's the medium through which we're being shot anyway, right? Like, I mean- Definitely. I mean, it's, it's amazing how yeah. we, we adjust and, um, yeah. and that's part of why there is maybe an added round sometimes because I'm super interested in an actor's self tape, but it, there are the miss, they miss the mark, but even getting on a zoom and chatting, moments, them, yeah. it really helps me give them one or two pieces of direction to see how well they take it. And then I'm like, Oh yeah, they're ready to come back and, try this with our filmmaker. Yeah. And when they're not, do you give them the patented casting? Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah. So nice <laughs> to meet you. Yeah. Thank you so much. Oh yeah. So nice to meet you. Don't call us. We'll call you. <laughs> never. I would never say that. I always say I appreciate the work. No, I know. Yeah. <laughs> oh, appreciate the work. Okay. These are hilarious. I always, I remember, <laughs> thank you. Thank you so much. I still get them. And like when I'm pitching projects or whatever, thank you. Yeah, we'll get back to you. <laughs> um, so, okay, let's do do's and don'ts. Do's and don'ts. Or just don'ts. Just don'ts. Come on now. I know, just don'ts. Um, You've seen it all. I mean, my uh, goodness. Don't. Don't bring prop weapons. Don't need to do that. Well, that's going to yeah, start you off. Don't bring prop weapons. Don't. Um, get try to kiss the casting yeah, physical <laughs> um don't <laughs> forget to you know bring all of your material make sure you have all of your material um that's oh yeah is that oh my gosh you've seen that like people don't have the sides or anything yeah, like, or what am i reading scene? or 
you know, when we can share the script and we do, they come in and they, I mean, I appreciate that they tell the truth if they haven't like, no, I didn't read the script. I'm always instantly kind of disappointed because I'm like, I wanted you to read the script because you'd be so much more informed in it. Mm, So if, if, if you get a script and you don't have time to read it, try your luck with, I didn't have time to read the script. Can I get a later appointment so I can do that? And if the answer is no, then we'll have to understand, you know, I think, uh, what well, Terry, that's a good point. I mean, hold one second. I think that's a really good point about for actors being, you said it earlier about they forget that they have more agency when they ask, when they, if they're, you know, I have a student who's really well known now. And I remember she had a pilot season where the turning point for her is she started to say no to things. So let's say maybe you call, you were going to call her in and she did not have time to like really do the work that she normally wanted to do and had like 10 other auditions that week. She started passing on stuff. And as she started passing on stuff, either the casting would come back around because they didn't find the people they wanted and was still really interested. And then by then that person has, and I'm not saying every actor should just fake, oh, I, I have to pass on this. But I think that the actors have more power then they sometimes give themselves an understanding of, you know what I, I mean? So too. I mean, there's no, I'm not going to, no one in my office will make a judgment if we get a phone call to say that this particular actor needs one more day or they, more time. Can't, they can't do it this week. And is, does that work with your timeline? And sometimes the answer will be no, it doesn't work. We're going to make this decision really fast because we right. actually need somebody on a plane on Sunday. So, you know, like, but you have to, ask especially if you want to do your best work i think well i love that you said that and yes if you have to move on you have to move on but then you know the the equation of casting sometimes can be like oh we still haven't found this person so you have to go back or you have to see people maybe you didn't get to see or maybe people who passed or i also think that's interesting about passing right like you know um um oh gosh uh, adam sandler what was it called uh uncut gems yeah it's uncut gems you know, those directors, because it's two brothers, yeah, they can, is it Safi brothers? Yeah, yeah it was Safi yeah. brothers, right? They approached him, I don't know how many times, six times, I think, to see if he wanted to do it. And he said no over and over and over again. And they kept asking him over the years. It took them a long time to get that movie made. And then finally, he, I think in his Independent Spirit Awards acceptance speech, he's like, thank you guys for forcing me to finally say yes. So, I mean, I get it. He's a big star or whatever, but I I do think again, it's interesting, right? Like timing is a part of this whole process, right? And six years ago, you know, makes such a big difference, I think in an actor's life and who they are and how they can bring Uh, a character to life. So Adam probably didn't know it, that he wasn't ready to, he didn't, you know, he wasn't going to play, he, you know, wasn't ready to play the part six years prior, but six uh-huh. years later, later. he had it in him. Yeah. Really valid point. And mm-hmm. also, you know, I think it's important to remember, because Terry, you probably have seen it, like n- no one audition or no even big job booking. Ultimately, yes, it changes sometimes a perception of the actor in the business or it's a step up or something, but you still, the actor, I think that's also a a fallacy we have to, or a mythology. I'm always trying to help actors get free from that. You can break through, you might cast them in one of your movies and it may be like, quote unquote, life-changing. And yet 
at the end of the day, it's not because the actor still is having to hustle to get another job or they get on a show and then that show gets canceled. So then they're out in the pool of actors again and auditioning, right? Yeah. And so I think that's why it's important not to put everything into one audition either. It doesn't have to be the end of the world, right? Right. And I don't know how you actually make that a, adjustment, you know, emotionally and mentally, but to really adopt the philosophy that it is a marathon. And I think that if it's what you're meant to do, you're going to um, really dive in fully. And I think diving in fully means reading everything, watching what you can, studying other people that do what you do that you can, you admire and that you can learn from and be really holistic about it. And there's never enough time in the day. So in between those big jobs and the big auditions, there's so much, I think, for a young artist and actor to be doing to really, you know, fill the tank with things that make mm. them informed and interesting. And I always say the shortcut is the long way. So true. <laughs> advice. Let me let me ask you one other thing, and then we'll do our speed round. Because I just I do have a lot of questions for you that I think I think this is really great for actors. But let's let's talk about the TikTok social media phenomenon. <laughs> So, because it's, you know, I've, I teach a lot of social media stars, but I don't, in my opinion, I haven't necessarily seen that move the needle in terms of casting, although they may get seen for more things because they have a certain following, but why don't you tell us your, how does your office or how do you see that? Because I do think a lot of actors who don't have a social media following, if I just can say this part, get in their head about, well, if I had millions of followers and I'm like, well, no, it doesn't matter. You still have to do the work. And I think it's a different but, scale personally. I think if you have millions uh, yeah. of followers and people for whatever, you know, enjoy watching that person do whatever it is they're doing. Cause I know that different social media, uh, you know, celebrities have different talents and do different things and whatever, you know, that is a different skill set to be able to be yourself to a degree and film yourself doing something and be really gregarious and outgoing and entertaining and entertaining to some people and not to others. It's different from acting, um, but I'm not opposed to trying those people if they're right for a part. And I, you know, have them audition just like other trained actors, actors. and see how it, you know, what happens. But, but that's not the criteria, right, Terry, for you? Like if an agent pitches you and says, oh, he has 80 million followers, that doesn't, that doesn't move the needle for you unless that person is right for the role or whatever, 100%. right? That is accurate, yeah. 100%. 100%. And if I want to get somebody, that, you know, if I want an actor and I think mentioning how, what their presence is like online is going to help me get what I want, I will mention it, but it's not... <laughs> You know, yeah. how I look for um, actors to fill and my roles. Do producers ask for that now? Um, sometimes Honest. if we're in the trenches together trying to get a picture that final green light, uh, yeah. you know, it's all hinging on a piece of casting, you know, like yeah. we'll talk about it. Like, isn't it uh, advantageous that we love this actor and they happen to have, yeah. you know, five million followers yeah let's you know make sure that our financiers know that yeah 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 well it's true it does go back to financiers it's a really interesting rubric i think right like because i i also think we see that it doesn't necessarily play out in real time the way we think 
like people who um, consume social media stars platforms don't necessarily migrate to other platforms to watch their content. See what I'm saying? So, I, I mean, I know yeah. you know this, but so I'm just always trying to help actors not get too crazy about it. If you only have 10 followers, you don't have only 10 followers. It's fine. No, and I right. think you, you have to be authentic about it. I don't think if you're going to do have, try and have a social media presence and you're doing it kind of uh, begrudgingly or you almost feel like you're forced to do it. And it, I mean, how entertaining is that going to be? People, your yeah, followers not. aren't going to find you. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. But I do think it's important. Do you agree that everybody has some sort of presence? Because I could be like, oh, Terry, I want you to see this person. And then you could go to their page. Do you do that? Do you? Do you get on social media to see people or is it mostly still IMDb Pro or like Actors Access? I do when I need to learn more about somebody that I've uh -huh. learned about through other means, like through a piece of work. And if I'm doing a deep dive and I want to know everything about them. You stalk them. Then you stalk. I mean, I guess that's what, yeah, you stalk them. <laughs> Lifestyle stalking. Okay. Yep. And I do rely yeah. on my team for that because they're much more, they follow a lot more people. They're much more um, tapped in. They're millennials is what you're saying. I, yes. <laughs> I'm not, I don't, this is not an extension of my hand on my phone. Like I just, I'm not you're one fine. of those people, but I will do the work and I will get caught up if, especially if the person is a really has an interesting presence, you know, they. Yeah. 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 Valid point. Okay, good. That's a good answer. All right. Well, let's do a speed round. I think I've covered a lot of stuff. I mean, yeah, it's always chicken in the egg with casting. And I always just say actors just have to just keep hustling and keep getting out there and keep getting seen any way that they can. And then somehow a casting director finds them. Right. And also I think it's important to reemphasize like some of the things that you do. I also like actors need to study and watch the, the, whether it's a TV show, the kind of, um, just the kind of casting that a certain company or network or TV show casts, right? Because not all people are right for, somebody who's maybe on Ozark isn't right for like maybe a CW show, but that doesn't mean there isn't a place for you. You just kind of kind of know your niche in a way. I Yeah, and is it a niche? I think that when you're an actor and you're looking to work and try different things across different networks, platforms, movies, you know, independent, big features, you know, like even if we take another business, like if you're stockbroker, you're going to research the big companies and culturally the companies that you admire and the, the breaking, you know, they're breaking new ground or they're like, you're going to research them to death and you're going to reach out to those companies. So if you're an actor and you're like, I can devour everything that's on Netflix or I love, you know, these five movies and this, this like, I would want to know not only, you know, definitely who's casting those shows, but like who is making those shows, who's show running those, who's directing and who's, you know, like really be knowledgeable across the board about things that you love, admire, respect, want to take on. I want to work with somebody. I want to work with the Duffer brothers because their brains blow my mind. Like, I want to know what they're making next. What do they have in development? What is, what else is Carmen Cuba casting? You know, like it's a great way for an actor to get their wish list together and great point yeah you're right I think you have to be passionate about the art form anyway right absolutely yeah. consume a lot yeah. read a lot you know yeah oh reading I get scared sometimes I'm like oh my god nobody reads anymore or they do only to make books into movies 
Well, you know, I and scene. <laughs> That's right. Um, well, we need new content. We have to ad keep adapting, and you know, I want more people to have original ideas too. But for sure, no. We it even though there's so much content out there, the exciting and some of it seems very reductive and derivative of something else. There's also a lot of new original voices. So it's both. It gives birth to both. More of the same, right? But yep. also outliers. Thank God. Thank God. All right, let's do a speed round here. Okay. Don't give it too much thought. What's something you can't live without? Oh, God. Um, my cell phone. That's okay. That's a common answer. Yep. Uh, what's your favorite film? I can give you a two-part one. What's the what's your favorite? Oh, maybe you can answer this. What's the favorite film you've ever cast? Can you answer that? It's really hard because I, I like in terms of, I mean, you mentioned traffic when we started, you know, when you were talking, when I was an associate, like to me, that yeah. was one of the most challenging jobs as a cast. Because of all the stories. Yeah. Because of all the uh -huh. different, all the different locations that we sat in and, and that, yeah. we sat in, that we shot in. And no, yeah, you know, yeah. not only did Steven, anyway, it was like little ensemble cast for like, if you wish worked in Washington, DC or in the Mexico portion or in San Diego, you know, like it really was challenging and keeping track of all of, all of that. That was a great, uh, I learned a lot on that movie. Um, obviously I really loved working with Jordan. I hadn't read a script like get out ever. Oh, right. And yeah. Working with him was really, um, that was a super fun movie to cast and crazy rich Asians was a challenge. Like I had never faced in my entire career. It was a global effort. I worked with, you know, casting counterparts and multiple countries and, um, I was really grateful for the opportunity. And you yeah. did it well. All those movies were cast so well. So hats off to you. You're wearing a hat. So hats off to you. What's your favorite film of, I was just going to say, what's your just favorite film? My favorite film. I always say of all time, but it's so dramatic. But like, I, I don't know. If, if, I mean, I, The Godfather, it's really fresh in my mind right now because I just finished watching The Offer. Have you, did you watch oh, that? No. Is, it's, it's about the making of I know I just I was like do we need a movie about that but 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 maybe I miss, miss the mark maybe it's wonderful <laughs> um I enjoyed it but okay um, you know, I think I, somebody else said it was really good so maybe I I'm, I'm not gonna watch it there you just, just, is really I, good as brown as Brando I thought who oh wait who played Brando uh Justin Chambers oh okay I mean, maybe it would be an interesting deep dive into that. It was. I mean, um, I love movies, so of course I would. I yeah, I don't know. I, I sometimes I'm overwhelmed, and also like when I have students in a lot of things, I'm like you said, I'm behind, and then I feel really badly, right? Like, eek, it's hard. Yeah. Um, were you, were you gonna say something? No, I said the Godfather. I'm going with the Godfather. Okay, the Godfather, good one. What scares you? Uh, scares me my. Um... You know, not my something happening to my children. That's so real, but Aww, yes, that's yeah, scary to me because okay. they're getting older, and I, you, the older they get, the more you want to hang on. Like, you know, yeah, you, yeah, less control, right? Yeah. <laughs> yep. Exactly. Who's your Hollywood crush? Oh boy. Um, I mean, man or woman? Brad Pitt. Oh, Brad Pitt. Classic, classic, and good answer. Yeah. If you weren't in casting, what would you do? I would, um, and this is actually something I'm going to do anyway, but I really want to be a part of um, helping to figure out the homeless situation in Los Angeles. Uh -huh. 
And, Military, uh, uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. we Not could have politics. spent the whole time talking politics, about this. But no, I but I get I it. Social work or something, you know? I get it. Yeah. Okay. Very valuable. What advice would you give your younger self? Uh, read more. Oh, good. Yes. You're encouraging the actors to read unstuck. No, I just mean read. <laughs> <laughs> read. Um, and how would you, last two, how would you define acting in one word? Listening. Oh my God, Terry, that's all I teach. I don't know. If, I don't think we ever talked about that, but that is all, that's all it is. It's just listening and reacting. That's yeah. it. Just like we're doing right now, really. It's not that hard, yep. you know, but it is hard, but it is hard. And then how would you define love? Oh God. Uh, we're oh, expecting that one, were you? I know, how would I define love? Just un bearable draw, a, a, you know, being you know, this unbearable a connect, you know, magnetic, you know, draw towards other humans and just, yeah, wanting to help and you're, enjoy. You're, I don't you're know, it's service. so hard. No, 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 that's, I know, but you're very service oriented. I, I detect that. I think that's casting is the heart of casting directors too. They are, are very service oriented. You know what I mean? Because you yeah. are helping, helping. I always say my definition of love is just this moment right now. Because it is just being in a space with another fellow creative being, you know, is beautiful. And um, well, Terry, thank you so much for being here that we went a little bit over, but thank you for giving uh, all of us your time and your expertise and your passion and your insight. Where can people find you? I don't know if they can find you anywhere. I mean, I, I don't, actors do not stalk Terry Taylor. <laughs> um, well, I think I did already that they could, you know, casting at Blumhouse is a, is a, you know, an email where they will get it. Casting at Blumhouse.com. You'd be surprised. A lot of times people ask me, what's my email address? And I'm like, all of, all of our teachers are like, you know, Jonathan at AnthonyMindle.com or Meredith at AnthonyMindle.com. But a lot of times people don't figure out it's Anthony at AnthonyMindle.com. So hopefully they'll remember your, uh, your office's email you're finishing up your drink so this is a perfect ending so yep. terry thank you so much for being here thank you my pleasure thank you for asking me to be your guest of course i'll see you soon thanks for listening to in the moment don't forget to rate review and subscribe and follow us at anthony mindel and at amaw studios plus all the worldwide accounts near you for more today's podcast episode is sponsored by we audition Receive 25% off with the promo code AMAW on weaudition.com. The video chat community to audition, rehearse, self-tape, and get advice, and hopefully book the fucking job.